Hello, everybody. Hi. How you doing? Welcome back to another podcast episode. Yeah. Happy Mixtober. Oh, my goodness. It is Mixtober. Are you excited for Mixtober? I'm stoked. No. Oh. <laughs> well, we're almost done with Mixtober. This will be our last episode of Mixtober, actually, which is sad. Yep. And I, unfortunately, have to get out of here. I've got con content, and I just wanted to stop by and say hello before the Mixtaper took over. That's right. Connor's just here to say hi. Con Con is starting soon. Well, I got a plane to catch, so I'm going to I'm gonna disappear now. You were here for no time at all. Wow. Okay. And he's gone. He's got to catch his flight, I guess. He's headed to, for those of you who don't know, uh, Connor Convention. It happens this time every year, apparently. We discovered this the hard way last year when Connor just missed an episode, had to not show up for a minute. But you know what? We decided to plan ahead a little bit this year, and we made an allowance for Connor to miss ConCon. So we've given him a a little leeway to be absent, and we've made plans. Those plans are a little scary. The mixtaper is, uh, we've prepped him. He's preparing to take over the podcast this week. So we'll see how he's doing. Hey, it's me. Can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you, mixtaper. Big reveal! Hey, it's me, <laughs> the mixtaper. The mixtaper is here and here's the scariest thing that exists. I'll be darned. Since we're an audio podcast, I have to describe it now. <laughs> the mixtaper's in costume. Sure am. The mixtaper has showed up as he promised on the on the very first episode that we did of Mixtober. He said he was scared of slots and construction workers because they were slow and inefficient. Yeah, nothing scarier. So this year, you're a you're a sloth construction worker. That's your costume? Sloth construction worker. I cannot believe what I'm looking at. The, most of the sloth head is hidden by the hat, but uh what is this? <laughs> what is this episode? I can't believe this. James did not know I was doing this. I didn't. This is a lot to process, chat says, and I got to agree. For the record, for those of you listening to the audio podcast when it comes out, we are live right now recording on twitch.tv slash spinitpod. Yes. And uh, I have done less preparation for this episode than anything in the podcast's history. This has mostly been the mixtaper's brainchild. I said, mixtaper, I want you to come up with a Halloween playlist. And so he's come up with games. He's come up with all the songs on the playlist. I've been pretty hands-off. And so what you're experiencing during this episode will be very new to me as well. It is all me. I'm dressed up for Mixtober. I'm wearing my my Mixtaper coffee hoodie, which is from our store, and I love it so much. You don't know how hard it was to keep this from you and, well, and from Connor, really. So Connor didn't warn you. Connor doesn't even know about this. Wow. No. That's a surprise. Well, uh, Mixtaper, I'm also celebrating in another way. Yeah? I've got your favorite beverage over here. Oh? I've got a, a little pumpkin spice latte that I just picked up for the stream. and so Oh, that'll be $1. I don't owe you royalties. I feel like you should get the royalties from, you know, Starbucks, whoever I got the latte from. No, no. As part of the deal with Starbucks to help save them money, I agreed to collect all royalties from the buyers of the trademarked flavor, not from the sellers. Okay. It's been a real pain on my end, but a deal's a deal. Whatever you say. A deal's a deal. It's really hard to see with so many layers of masks. It's also really hot. If I pass out yeah, in the stream. <laughs> it's, don't pass out in the stream, please. So what other mixed things have you been up to this month? Oh, you know. 
Typical bastard stuff. Yeah. I made a video of the process of how to make a pumpkin spice latte. Oh, good. And then decided not to publish it because then, you know, it's like a trade secret. It's like Coke, right? Nobody knows the secret formula for pumpkin spice. Oh, I think a lot of people make pumpkin spice things. Yeah, but it's not the same. Truly, it's not. Well, you know, I did that. It's the Mixtober season, so I did the, my Mixtober shopping. Mixtober shopping? Yeah, well, you know, Mixtober's like Christmas for, for us dastards in the world, so we get each other gifts. For mixtapers, yeah. So, I mean, you received some presents uh, just yesterday in the mail. I did. So, here's the deal uh, for the audience listening. I received... An 18 by 18 <laughs> box on my porch yesterday from the mixtaper. I don't know what's inside. I've been instructed not to open it. In lieu of Factor Spin, because we can't play Factor Spin this week, we, you know, it's like a reveal of the list one by one. Yeah. The mixtaper has sent gifts as like almost a secret Santa where I have to guess what will be inside the packages. <laughs> it's here now. I'm looking at it. It's next to me. And boy, it's really something. Yep. So we'll reveal those as we uh, get into it. Yeah. But uh, I also, me and my sidekick, the gopher, we decorated the set for Mixtober for my takeover. I, I haven't seen it myself. I sent the I put the gopher in charge of it. You know, I'm wanting to delegate. Yeah, to your sidekicks and stuff. Uh, yeah, if we could get that reveal. Oh my gosh. The Mixtober set. The Mixtober set, it looks like you've just taken some spray paint, purple and orange spray paint, and then graffitied the stream. Well, I mean, that is the supplies I gave the gopher. I gave him one can of purple, one can of orange, and some, uh, some black markers and said, you know what to do, and I think he nailed it. I mean... It's pretty perfect. Oh, uh, yeah, I'd say so. So, Mixtaper, are you ready to get into the list? Are you going to tell us what you've concocted for this week? What's in store for this episode? Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you what I've put together. Are you ready? Ready for the next big reveal? No, I'm not, but I suppose. Big reveal. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hang on, let me uh, find the right keyboard button. Hard to see. <laughs> the mask. Big reveal. Oh, my. This is so dramatic. <laughs> The Mixtapers Halloween Songs Playlist. 13 surefire songs guaranteed to get you into the Halloween season. Yeah, oh boy. So you've come up with 13 Mixtober songs? 13 songs that, you know, just put me in that Mixtober spirit. Really just lock it in for me. Kind of uh, some must-listen-tos. Not the only listen-tos. I could have put together a way bigger list. It was actually hard to only narrow down to 13. But, uh... Yeah, I'm sure. I gave you some restrictions here. We couldn't have, like, a six-hour episode. So, 13 seemed like a good number. I mean, we could, if you weren't such a coward. I, I do what I do. I don't think Connor would like a six-hour episode either. Before we get into how they'll be revealed and everything, I think first we should... Start with our first present. Oh, it's present time already? Yes, we're going to get in with our first present. As you can see, we have three presents in your 18 by 18 by 18 box. I do. The one I need you to grab. The one wrapped in my body. <laughs> yeah, so you've got one. You've got wrapping paper made of you. Sure did. <laughs> it's wrapping paper with your picture on it. I haven't opened this box at all yet, so let me go ahead and unseal it and find the <laughs> aforementioned gift. Yes, so for the audio listeners, it is wrapped in the photo of me laying on a very cool couch. This is ridiculous. <laughs> These are huge. No, that's why I needed the 18 by 18 by 18 box. <laughs> it's about shoebox sized. Maybe a little bigger. I don't know. This is a real one. Oh, man. <laughs> it is. We'll get into our first mini game. Okay. What's the mini game? 
How do I have to figure this out? I now realize uh, the mini game really won't make a lot of sense considering I haven't explained the rules of the normal game. But uh, yeah, well, we'll get we'll figure it out. <laughs> Basically, what's going to happen is on my next slide, you'll have sixty seconds to guess what is in that package. Clues to what is in there will be popping up over the course of the sixty seconds. Okay, so we got it's like a like a clue reveal game. And then at, when the sixty seconds is over, you'll open it. Okay. Uh, and we gotta figure out what's in the package. Do I? I guess I'll just make guesses. Yeah, you'll make guesses. Do I get a hint? Like what? You're gonna get a bunch of hints. They're gonna pop up on the screen. I have no idea what what this could be. Okay, I guess we'll give it a shot. Here we go. It's a useful present for this time of year. It's useful this time of year. Like a pumpkin carving thing, maybe? Potentially. You won't feel left out after this present. Left out. Left out. What's that mean? Is it something to do with left as a, like a directional orientation? Hope you've been practicing your quick change skills. Is this some kind of mixtape or costume? Could be, could be. This present will get you paid by the podcast. In a way. Okay. Oh, mixtape where you do the student loan thing. I don't know. If you don't like this present, you're nuts. Is this some kind of squirrel thing? Is this like a squirrel related? I won't be the only masked member of the podcast now. Is it a squirrel <laughs> mask? Oh, no. It's time. You're out of time. The bell has gone off. I'm out of time. Go ahead. Open it up. Where's the seam? How do I? Another box. Another box. Congratulations. Let me open the other box. Let's see how right or wrong I was. <laughs> what if I let you do <laughs> this episode? This, your last takeover was like, oh, we're just going to talk about Phantom of the Opera. And now I'm opening gifts and you've made a, a, a playlist. You give the mixtaper an inch, she takes a mixtaper mile. It's like a regular mile, but it's wearing a mask. <laughs> this is certainly something. So let's see. We have uh, <laughs> we have a T-shirt that says "I am a squirrel." <laughs> okay. You will be by the time you get to the bottom of that box. I. That's what I was afraid of. We have, of course, of course, <laughs> we have a, a lab coat. Of course. It may be the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I, can't, I can't. Oh, it's a squirrel. <laughs> It is a, it is a horrifying squirrel mask. I'm in tears. This is, of course, there's an abacus in here too. Of course, to help you do the math. It's a math department squirrel costume. I mean, complete with everything. Oh, and he's even got glasses. He's even got glasses. Wow. Now, I'm going to need you to, before we move on, I'm going to need you to model this outfit. You know, I'm in Halloween costume. I don't want you to feel left out. So I thought I'd send you your Halloween costume. Oh, my gosh. I have to. Okay. Okay. We've got a big old lab coat. I've never owned a lab coat before. This is maybe the part I'm the most excited about. Where's the <laughs> sleeve? How big is this lab coat? It's really struggling with the lab coat. So to be fair, it would probably fit if you didn't have a giant sweatshirt on. I do. That's true. I can't believe what this is like. You've picked this to like torture me now. I have to just wear whatever's in here. I just, I knew you'd feel left out about the Halloween costume thing. Oh my gosh. This is awful. <laughs> Welcome to the world of low visibility. I hate it when the glasses too. Yeah, the glasses will help. <laughs> yeah. No, they don't. <laughs> This is not what I expected to be doing with my night. That's so good. Oh. Hey, let's do some math. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh. Well, happy mixed over to me. We started with this. This is how we're starting the episode. Well, I didn't want to go all episode with you not having a costume to wear. <laughs> 
Fair enough. For those of you listening on audio, there will be a post on our Instagram with the entire outfit on display. Absolutely. With whatever's in all of these packages on display, really. I'm shocked. I can't imagine what's in store. What a what a way to set a bar for the episode. <laughs> I'm I'm afraid. Yeah. It's a terrifying squirrel head. I you saw it. It really is. Oh, we didn't talk about it, but it it cost me like $54 to ship those to you by the way. You said you spent $54 not on anything I've opened or will open just on shipping. Just to get it to you. Yeah. Holy crap. Worth every cent. Mixtaper, you've gone Above and beyond. I mean, this is commendable. This is more than I could have hoped for for a mixtape or takeover. (laughs) Oh, wow. Well, let's get into the top 13, shall we? First, with some rules. So like we just experienced there, they're going to be very similar to what we just went through with the mini game with the present. Mm -hmm. Each round will start when this pumpkin countdown timer begins. Yes. Okay. Very Pretty simple. Pretty simple. James and the audience, you have 60 seconds to guess the song that I'm bringing and earn a point. Audience, you get one collective point if anyone in the audience guesses. So you guys are working as a team. Great. For each team that the mixtaper stumps, he gets one point. I mean, I get one point. I'm the mixtaper. Yeah. Yeah. So I can get up to two points per round if I stump you both. As the time counts down, facts about the song will appear on these mixtaper factoid cards. Patent pending okay and finally my assistant for the evening the wonderful spinny taper will ensure all rules are followed he's a real stickler for the rules so you've corrupted our other mascot that's spinny dressed like you you see you would have been the only one without a costume even spinny's got a costume yeah a very handsome costume if uh, if i say so myself he does look rather dapper i just hit my microphone with my helmet trying to look down to where to put my hand on the keys <laughs> awesome i also have to just for the record shout out to the art department i've heard that we've got some real surprises in store i had them very busy so if you'd love to see all that artwork and i know you would and you're listening to this audio wise go check out our instagram and the website and everything it'll be everywhere figured out part of my problem i figured out why i'm having problems yeah why is that my mask is on inside out don't you wear it every day (laughs) don't you wear it every single day yeah i didn't notice i was so worried about the sloth outfit i didn't pay attention to the mask it would explain why i'm having problems yeah this is an unreal episode this is unlike any other episode we've ever done literally like never leave home without it yeah it makes me question everything i know about you i can't believe how much more visibility i have having this on the right way so much better Let's get in to number 13 on our top 13 countdown. Okay, we're counting down 13 to 1. Yeah, let's go. 13 to 1. This song was written by David Mook and Ben Rayleigh and originally was performed by Larry Marks. It's featured on a Kid Rhino soundtrack. What's Kid Rhino? (laughs) Oh, well, that would have helped if you knew that. This song brings to mind dozens of spooky monsters and ghosts. Okay. It employs the use of bat sounds. Spooky. Real bat sounds or fake bat sounds? Uh, Mm. It's used in a popular cartoon franchise. Okay, popular cartoon franchise. What about, like, the Addams Family? Oh, the iconic drums, followed by a question, were heard by children and their parents every Saturday morning. Drums and a question. Oh, I don't know. This song is a real mystery. Scooby-Doo? That's Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo has bat sounds. And then they run. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's dozens of spooky monsters and ghosts. It looks like before time ran out, the chat said Scooby-Doo, and so did James. Let's see if they're right. Oh, yes. You nailed it. It's the Scooby-Doo theme song. <laughs> it's the Scooby-Doo theme song. And here I, we have wow. me, the dasher I am, unmasking my sidekick, the gopher. 
I love that. So Scooby-Doo is your number 13 pick. That's interesting. Yeah. That it's at number 13. I almost thought you'd put this higher because I know you're a big Scooby-Doo fan. I am a big Scooby-Doo fan. But uh, it, it it came in at number thirteen. It almost didn't make the cut. It was it was on the chopping block, which is wild. This like Scooby Doo is like the quintessential like light horror TV show. If I'm thinking like Halloweeny TV shows, Scooby Doo is definitely on my list. What's interesting about Scooby Doo too is that they've featured <laughs> some other artists we've done episodes on. Like Kiss was in Scooby Doo once, right? Yeah, Kiss was in Scooby Doo. There was a whole movie like it was like Scooby Doo and Kiss doing solving a mystery together. Amazing. So Kid Rhino, you asked what Kid Rhino was. I did. Kid Rhino began in 1991 as a division of the well-known uh, Rhino Records, mm-hmm. and its whole thing was specializing in children's music and kid-friendly like soundtracks. Oh. And so they did a lot of the Warner Brothers, Hanna Barbera, Cartoon Network, Fisher Price songs. Got it. I'm a little disappointed in my not getting that really it took me i think way too long on this i think it did too i'm not in a mixtobery mindset yet I, this is something i think i've told you about before but we'll talk about it now uh you know there's only like 25 original episodes of scooby-doo yeah it's a weirdly low number and it was like the first season was like 17 episodes and then they came back for a shortened eight episode series and then it was canceled for like eight years and then brought back for a third season by a different network for another 16 episodes so those don't count towards the originals and then it was canceled again and then you know they've had all sorts of spinoffs and different shows and reboots so so many reboots yeah i like i like scooby-doo a lot in every hollow or mixtober time i find myself wanting to watch some of it again especially those originals yeah well and i know connor's been playing replaying his way through the scooby-doo night of 100 frights game i know i've been loving it yeah I love Scooby-Doo so much, and I'm really glad that this made the list. Yeah. So that's, uh, I'm at zero. I got a big old goose egg right now. Maybe I made some of these uh, clues too easy. Oh, yeah. We should keep score. It's one one zero right now. You, the audience, me. You're right. One for me, one for the audience, and a big fat nothing for you. Sad. And let's see the next one with number 12. Number 12. What could it be? Oh. This Brazilian opera song came out in 1978. Brazilian opera? I've never been to a Brazilian opera. The song started as a joke after the writer's friends saw a movie by the same name. What? Mick Fleetwood and John McVie play the drums and bass on this howling good song. What a spin cycle. Yeah, really. In 1986, the song had a resurgence in popularity after Tom Cruise danced and lip sang to the song in The Color of Money. Is this something like Werewolves of London? That's uh, not Brazilian opera. Oh, spinny oh. taper, I broke a rule. I'm sorry. I can't help but throw a spin in every once in a while. What? This isn't a Brazilian opera. It's what? a British rock song. <laughs> That was really throwing me off. That makes me mad. Big Ben better keep its eye on the moon when this song starts playing. I'm pretty mad. I'm pretty mad about that. <laughs> I was like, that. I would have said Werewolves of London very much like sooner if the Brazilian opera hadn't been on the table. I, sorry, that's why I got Spinny Taper, making sure we play by the rules because, you know, I'm a dastard <sighs> and I like to throw in a spin every once in a while. What a way to find out that these weren't facts. <laughs> I cannot believe it. Okay, so yeah, um Yeah, I heard you lock in Werewolves of London. I did not see a guest from the audience this time around. So uh No. They forfeit that point. And it is Werewolves of London. Let's <laughs> take a minute. I'm so impressed. I'm so impressed. This is great. It's wonderful. 
this is beautiful. Werewolves of London is a song we've talked about on the podcast before. Yes. Notably when we did Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> yeah. And talked about how much it is the same song. It sounds similar. I was surprised putting this list together. We'll hit this now. There's a lot of spin cycle references we're going to come across as we make our way down this countdown. I was shocked. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you said this one's very Fleetwood Mackie. Yeah. They uh, play the drums and bass on it. Wow. And again, it started as a joke because they saw the uh, Werewolves of London 1935 movie. And they were like, we should write a song about that. Right. The best part of the song is the howling. Ah, And they wrote the song in about 15 minutes. Understandable because it's three chords, largely. I think this is my second favorite of the songs that I put in this group, right? Sweet Home Alabama's at the top. This is the second. Yeah. Kid Rocks All Summer Long is a good couple steps below this. Yep. Other notable people who have performed the song, T-Bone Burnett performed it on the first leg of Bob Dylan's Rolling Thunder Revenue Tour. As a matter of fact, I just listened to our Bob Dylan episode today, and we talked about Werewolves of London in it, Mm. actually. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it took him 59 takes to record the song, even though it only took him 15 minutes to write it. Wow, that's a lot of takes. They tried at least seven different configurations of musicians before they were satisfied with Fleetwood's and McVie's uh, contributions. So, pretty crazy stuff. That's wild, because they're such good instrumentalists. I'm surprised it was such a, a battle, apparently. Yeah. Did you pose for this picture of you as a werewolf? Yeah, I went to London. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, I did it in between recordings. Apparently. So that's number 12. I thought, you know, a little better than Scooby-Doo in terms of the Halloween theme. You know, Scooby-Doo is an all-year-round sort of, mm-hmm. you know, the, the monsters and ghosts aren't exclusive to the Halloween time, but werewolves, that's pretty Halloween-y. That's a great point that I hadn't considered. You know, Scooby-Doo is just a good all-the-time song. Yeah. You're making a, a mixed-tobery playlist. Exactly. So I can understand, yeah, why that one maybe would get docked a point or two. Now for number 11, next round beginning, 60 seconds to guess. Focus up, 60 seconds to guess another one. E.T. and Salmon better bust out the George Strayquois for this special guest. All right, really deep joke. This song soared to the number one spot on the Billboard Pop Charts in 1958. 58? So this is like something from like Close Encounters of the Third Kind or Aliens? Judy Garland recorded a version of this song with Freddie Martin and his orchestra. 1958. In 2023, the USDA Agricultural Research Service held the Name That Holiday Pepper Violet to Red contest on challenge.gov to name new varieties of ornamental peppers. They had developed the winning name for a purple pepper with cayenne pepper spiciness levels is this something like purple people eaters purple people heater oh and we're out of time oh where did the 60 seconds go i mean they all went into that last bullet point that is like (laughs) six lines long and you decided to make fall down one letter at a time uh but luckily you squeaked in your guess there i did purple people eaters is what you got audience again sorry no guess from you but uh it was a one-eyed one-horned flying purple people eater yeah yeah (laughs) It was amazing. I don't know this song very well, if I'm honest with you. You don't know this song very well? I know it, but I'm... You didn't grow up singing this in the car with your dad? Not very frequently, no. Or Connor's dad? 
I don't think I was ever in a car with Connor's dad to this day in my life. But sung this in elementary school every Halloween. Exactly. That's why it's got to be on the list. Wow. Purple People Eater is a novelty song written and performed by Sheb Wooley. Leave it to well Connor's roommate for a novelty song. Yeah, yeah. Why am I not surprised? It reached number one on the Billboard Pop charts, as I said, which is remarkable. And it was there from June 9th to July 14th. So over a month, it stayed at number one. Yeah. In June and July? Yeah. That's not a mixtober time. It was in our hearts. Wikipedia page had it at 12 overall. 12 overall. Uh, that's on the UK charts. And it hit the top of the Australia ones, too. So is this image... Is there like a canonical way that a purple people eater looks? Or is this like your imagination, the art department's rendering? Eh, probably, there probably is, but this is what the art department came up with. Looks like a unicorn dog camel kind of thing. Yeah. The 2022 film Nope features a cinematographer, Antlers Holst, who is hired to capture an alien on camera. Oh. While preparing to capture camera footage of the alien creature, Holst recites the lyrics from Purple People Eater. So, you know, it was just in a movie here recently. How about that? There's a reference from a video that led to this image. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I found that factoid about the purple people heater, cayenne pepper variety. And it was like, I've got to include that. And then I thought it'd be really funny to make the letters fall one at a time. Yeah, it was really hilarious for me trying to earn a point. This song was actually covered by Alvin and the Chipmunks as well at one point in time. Shocker. Yeah. So it's about aliens, huh? I never imagined that the yeah. purple people eater would be like an alien thing. I guess in my mind, it's always been like a monster kind of thing, like a cryptid. But I guess not if it's been very alien-y. There's some controversy on whether or not the purple people eater is purple or if he eats purple people. Well, if he eats purple people, that would explain why he's not around, because there are not very many purple people. He's just hungry. Exactly, right? So it's like, what? where's the adjective go? You know, is he a purple people eater, or is he a purple people eater? I think people eater is what's in parentheses there. I think it's a people eater. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's one-eyed, one-horned, flying yeah. purple people eater. So it's like, uh, I don't know. I also like how it doesn't really have a species. It's just defined by what it eats. Yeah interesting just a hungry guy i wear a lot of purple that's why he's looking at me like that he's like you look mighty tasty oh because you're the purple people he wants to eat yeah i taste like dastard and pumpkin spice okay <laughs> good to know i think i need to dig more into this song listen to some versions of it this season and just become more familiar with it yeah i can't believe you don't know better i said mr purple people eater what's your line he said eating purple people and it sure is fine but that's not the reason that i came to land i want to get a job in a rock and roll band what whoa i really don't know this song yeah he comes to earth to join a rock and roll band he, uh he doesn't come to eat people because okay. obviously there's no purple people on on earth no but he wants to play in a band yeah maybe we can listen to one of his albums someday oh that's a good idea that's number 11 let's see the last of the double digits number 10 wow unless you put zeros in front of all the other ones i might have done that they might all be double digits not really sure <laughs> oh no but here we go number 10 60 seconds get some guesses in the chat okay get focused this fresh single was released in 1988. Fresh, huh? Okay. <laughs> What's fresh? Connor would not be a fan of this genre, but plenty of people were. It hit number 15 on the Billboard Hot 100. Okay, so like a hip-hop song? Oh, could be. Mm. I've been dreaming for a chance to bring this song on the podcast. 
Huh. Okay. Something nightmarish. Might have been a clue in there somewhere. Like a nightmare on Elm Street? I don't know. The creators were sued by a movie studio for copyright infringement, forcing them to destroy a music video for the song. Luckily, a copy survived and can be found online. What a nightmare. We, I mean, we talked about Thriller being destroyed. Keep this singer's wife's name out of your redacted mouth. Will Smith? <laughs> Will Smith? We getting jiggy with it? I don't know any other Will Smith songs. I mean, I mean, we already talked about getting jiggy with it, right? Ooh, we finally stumped James. Thriller, good guess. We've done Thriller on the podcast before. And they did have to destroy the music video. This was one of the ones I figured you wouldn't know or have maybe even heard of. Wow. Well. This is... Nightmare on My Street. You're correct. I don't know this one. Nightmare on My Street is a single by DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, a.k.a. Will Smith. Will Smith. And, you know, it's a crossover hit that hit number 15 in the top in the hot 100 it's on his album he's the dj i'm the rapper solid yep it's obviously a play off of the nightmare on elm street sound yeah i kind of felt it in that little clip yep they had to settle out of court after being sued for you know the use of (laughs) the song uh the sample that they used i'm looking at the lyrics (laughs) They're very interesting. Yeah, this would be an actually this would actually be one I would love for you to take a quick listen to if you have a way of doing that since you, uh, you don't know it. I kind of do. I can't let me let me pull out my other headphones and <laughs> I can listen to at least part of it here. But it starts off with Will Smith telling a story about Freddy Krueger who he calls Fred. Yeah. He describes somebody that resembles Freddy Krueger without using the full name to try to skirt the copyright. He does. He says he's burnt like a weenie. Yeah. And his name is Fred. <laughs> yeah. very obviously. And they go on a triple date with these girls to watch a movie. Um, and then he gets back and he lies down to go to sleep. And, uh, well, you know, I, I don't know. Have you seen any of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies? No, we went over this during our Ice Nine Kills episode. It's one I still haven't made it to. Yes, that's right. It's got a long instrumental intro. It does. A lot of it's instrumental, I mean. We should watch it. We should watch it this month. Let's do that. Well, that's, that'd be a good one to watch, sure. It literally sounds like the Fresh Prince theme song mapped over a different beat. Yeah, pretty much. I'll be honest. It's the same cadence, the same flow. Yeah. It's the Fresh Prince theme song. But over the Nightmare on Elm Street beat. Over the Nightmare on Elm Street. Yep. And this is so copyright infringement. How can this... Oh, yeah. They settled out of court, and as a result of that, on all the vinyls that were already pressed and like ready to go, they had to put a sticker on it that said, this song is not part of the soundtrack and is not authorized, licensed, or affiliated with the Nightmare on Elm Street films. They just released a statement, put a sticker on the went, this is illegal. Sorry. <laughs> yep. That's funny. Not official. That was part of the settlement. Burning in my room like an oven. Wow. Yep. You know, I had to get a little hip hop pseudo rap in here you know connor's away yeah i'm impressed you're doing some nice genre diversity yeah yeah uh i tried i wanted there to be a little something for everybody this mixtober season and there's something for everybody every mixtober season exactly that's wild that's a wild way to end the double digits and i can't believe that's higher than scooby-doo and werewolves of london couldn't start off with this i mean come on no fair enough we had to ease into it yeah but that takes us to number nine number nine getting ready to guess again no 60 seconds get those guesses in the chat Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller concocted this hit song in 1959 and was originally recorded by an R&B group. However, it wasn't until another group went searching for a new rock and roll hit that this song really took off. 
It tells the story of a man who is searching for answers. Hmm. It enlists the mystical art of palmistry to solve the main character's relationship problems. Whoa, like palm reading? Yeah. Something psychic, something... Sandra Bullock starred in the 1992 movie of the same name. Okay. 1959. Well, this is hard. Mixtaper PSA. Remember, kids, don't drink non-FDA-approved love potions until they're on at least the 10th prototype. Love potion number nine. It's love potion number nine. James got his in. Nothing from the chat. So that's another point for you, another point for me. Also, make sure I get my two points for stumping both of you last round. Oh, that's right. Yep. I think that makes the score for me, three, you, two, for the audience. Okay, four, three, two. So... Actually, we really don't know what the answer is yet. Let's reveal the answer. Oh, you're right. Oh, it was Love Potion number nine. You nailed it. I don't really know this song either. I'm so bad at this. You don't know this song? No. What? When would I have heard it? I I don't know, but... I, it's just a popular song. I suppose. It was originally performed by the Clovers, who got it up to number 23, but then eventually the Searchers did a version of it in 1964 that reached number three on the Billboard Hot 100. Hence all the word searching in there and the clues. Yeah. And yeah, it's a whole song about how a guy goes to a gypsy who reads his palm and says that he needs love potion number nine to find a woman. And the potion causes him to fall in love with everything he sees, kissing whatever is in front of him, eventually kissing a policeman on the street who uh, breaks his bottle of love potion and releases him. Oh, no. Oh, releases? That's how potions work. Yeah. I also like that you put this as your number nine pick. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Very apt. Very appropriate. Very apt. That was potentially done on purpose. Uh-huh. But yeah, Sandra Bullock starred in a movie that was the same exact premise uh, where fell in love with everything. So, I mean, aside from like the obvious like cursed love potion under the effects of a spell situation, this doesn't sound like a very Halloween-y, mixtober-y song. It's not scary. I mean, you're making a love potion. Kissing everything you see, being stuck under a spell of a love potion, that's not scary? I mean, true. Plus, I mean, emotional commitment? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound like your forte. You, you got a point. Spooky vibes. Potions, palmistry vibes. Yeah, it's all there. It's all there. Brewing potions. Palmistry. I do love this picture, too. This is also a good one for Valentine's Day. Yeah. On the LP release, they actually end it with alternate lyrics. It says, I had so much fun that I'm going back again. I wonder what will happen with love potion number 10. Potion number 10. Oh, man. That's clever. Instead of putting any songs on our normal playlist, these songs should just be made their own. You know, this is the Mixtaper's top 13 playlist, yes. right? So it gets its own playlist, and we won't put any of these songs on the normal one. Yeah, that'll be a good way to go. So yeah, you'll have to definitely listen to it. And you can find that playlist now that it's done, if you're listening to the audio version, on our website and on Spotify and yep. on YouTube. But it's not always searchable on Spotify. Our website, www.spinitpod.com. So spinitpod.com is the best place to find it. It's the best place to find everything. For sure. It'll at least be on the episode 120 page. All things spin it, at least. All, yeah, where you can find everything. Not everything. Heck yeah. Just all things spin it. That takes us to number eight. Number eight. 60 seconds on the clock. Okay. I doubt you've heard of this song. So, you know, instead of the game, I'll just use this time to educate you on it instead of having you guess. Oh. It's You Need Nourishment. Love that song. One of my favorite songs. It doesn't sound legit. This song was written in 1965 by the Normal Haters. We'll definitely do them on the podcast in the future. Big fan of the Normal Haters. The Normal Haters? Yeah. 
It reached number 11 on the Hot 100, which I think just means it hit number one twice. Two ones, 11. I think that's how that works. Nah, it's not quite. It is a famous example of a song that uses the Bo Diddley beat. And the Bo Diddley beat is a syncopated musical rhythm that is widely used in rock and roll and pop music named after the rhythm and blues artist Bo Diddley. I'm shocked that you're doing the Bo Diddley beat when you get so mixed up on the 12-bar blues. Yeah. Like, that's advanced for you, for Connor, too. Yeah, oh, Spinny Taper, did I do it again? Hang on, this song isn't called You Need Nourishment by the Normal Haters? Yeah, no. No, no. this is I Want Candy by the Strangeloves. Oh, oh, we're out of time. Sorry, you didn't get your guesses in. I didn't have a chance in. to guess. You didn't get your guesses uh, in. I didn't even get a chance. <laughs> I gave you the answer, and you didn't even get it. You can't give me a lie at the last second? Wow. <laughs> That's two points for me, the dastard I am. Wow. that You stole those points right away from us. Excellent PowerPoint, though. Thank you. Thank you. Just again, your skill with the with the frame by frame visual medium is unparalleled. <laughs> so yeah, I think I gave this one away already, but this is I won candy. Yep. <laughs> by the strange loves. Yep, certainly it is. Very trick or treaty. Kind of inverted it there with you need nourishment, I you want need candy nourishment, and then. Yeah, and I tried to go opposites or similar in my head, and yeah. it just wasn't working. Yep. Nourishment to candy was an interesting transition. Yeah, yeah. And then strange, normal, love, haters. Yeah. Those are opposites. Yeah, you did opposite. So you did opposites the whole way. Yeah. It was a whole thing. Very trick-or-treaty, though. I can see why this one made your list. More so than Love Potion number nine. Very trick-or-treaty. I want candy. Written and recorded by the, by the Strange Loves. Uh, have you heard this one at least? I have. Okay. I, I've, everyone's heard this one. Okay. I don't know if I know the whole thing. There's also the Bow Wow Wow version, which a lot of people might know too. Yeah. Not necessarily the most Halloween song in terms of content, but I mean, it's literally called I Want Candy. What do you do at Halloween time? You go trick-or-treating. You go trick-or-treating and get candy. Exactly. Plus, it's just so popular uh, or like so catchy. It's a real earworm of a song yeah it is certainly i actually was a little worried connor was going to give this one away for you because the last couple days he's been humming and whistling it <laughs> whoa yeah so it's going to get stuck in all of our heads now is what you're saying yeah it kept getting stuck in my head i can get behind it on for number seven this is like the halfway point i think this one yeah it would be 60 seconds on the clock Okay. See if you can do a little better. Did you give me my two points? I gave you your two points. It's five to four to two. Here we go. This song is a classic example of a parody of the dance song genre. So that sounds like the Monster Mash to me. Ooh, Monster Mash. Good guess. Did you know Meatloaf's voice is prominent in the chorus? What hasn't this guy done? Who's Meatloaf? <laughs> Who is Meatloaf? <laughs> We talked about him on the 90s episode. It's still true. Who is he? Tenacious D, yes, the rock band formed by actors Kyle Gass and Jack Black, released a music video using this song to encourage people to vote in the 2020 presidential election. Oh, my goodness. It's in Just Dance 4, the one Connor grew up playing. I don't know. Maybe it's not the Monster Mash. Maybe it's something else. I just think of parody songs like Monster Mash is parody E. This cult classic song is famous from a Tim Curry movie. Oh, I don't know many Tim Curry movies. Tisk tisk. Wow. Give the um, audience a second for any late delayed entries, but James, you're out of time. You don't want to lose any more points. Okay. Monster Mash from the audience as well. The Monster Mash is my guess. I'm sticking by it. The answer. The Time Warp. The Time Warp. Rocky Horror Picture Show. I don't even have words. <laughs> I don't even have words. I can't believe that this exists. <laughs> 
The time warp. Yeah. Yeah, there's a good reason I didn't guess this. You've not seen it? And that's because I've not seen Rocky Horror Picture Show. I figured. This is the other one I thought. I'm too scared to. I'm afraid to go to a Rocky Horror Picture Show, to be honest. Yeah, that's fair. You don't have to. You can watch it not in a movie theater. <laughs> yeah, but what fun is that? <laughs> that's true. That's not what people do. So is this really like a dance song? He says a parody of a dance genre. Yeah. It's literally half the lyrics of them telling you the dance moves. Like, it's a jump to the left and then a step to the right. Put your hands on your hips. Okay. I don't know the lyrics. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Wow. Yeah. The time warp. What's so Halloween-y about it? So, it's a very good song. I'm surprised you haven't even heard this song. Like, of all the songs from that musical, this would be the one I thought you'd know. Well, I do know it a little bit. I know of it. Yeah. It wasn't a total shock when you when you came out and played it, so... Gotcha, gotcha. But what's Halloween-y about this? I mean, the whole movie, it plays in theaters, like, every Halloween. It, uh... Well, yeah, I understand the movie is, like, a cult Halloween classic. I mean, the whole song takes place inside of... If you saw the musical, the movie, you'd understand. <laughs> it's... Then I get it. Okay. But, yeah, Meat... I was on the Wikipedia page, and it said Meatloaf's voice was prominent in the chorus of the film version. I was like, excuse me? <laughs> Who is that man? How did he do it? <laughs> fun fact, the song is in the key of A minor. That is a fun fact. How about that? I think we need to take a little break Uh-oh. from the countdown. I think it's time for another presence. I do like that the presents are all a different, like they all box their way up. Uh-huh. From different sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's been good too. Thank you. So we've opened so far, just to recap, a squirrel costume. A very thorough squirrel costume. Very thorough. I now need you to prepare the present with my face all over it in blue. Certainly. Now this one, I, I knew you were going for this wrapping paper. <laughs> so not as much of a shock to see this. This is the biggest of the packages you've given me. Yes. It was a pain to find something to put it in. This is the box. Where hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Careful there. You're showing off where I ran out of wrapping paper. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't realize there was a bald spot on it. Yeah, there's a bald spot. Let me... Uh, there's another bald spot on that side. Showing off the other bald spot. <laughs> the two sides have bald spots. This is what... Is, oh, I got to spin it around. Hold on. Hold on. So it's right side up. <laughs> oh, there's a bald spot on the bottom. Oh Stop my gosh. it. <laughs> Did you even wrap this? I had it exactly how it needed to be presented. Look at that. <laughs> That's what this wrapping paper is like. It's mixed tapers all the way down. So this box is rather large. Yep. Any preliminary guesses before we get into the, the clues? Just things you think it could be? Everything. It's in a box. Can I shake it? No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I did put some bubble wrap in it. So Connor owns a 3D printer. Yeah, he, he taught me how to use it. Well, yeah, he told me that you co-opted it for something. And it was a 24-hour 3D printing job. Oh, it was more than that. It was a day and 14 hours. Wow. For one of the pieces. And another four and a half hours for the second piece. And another three minutes for the other four pieces. Three minutes. Okay. So... <laughs> I'm guessing that project is what's in this big box because the other box just doesn't seem big enough to warrant that kind of time. Mm, probably makes sense. I don't know what it could be. And since it's 3D printed by you, the mixtaper, <laughs> it really could be anything. I'm afraid of it. Let's get the 60 seconds on the clock. Okay. Throw me some more guesses. What? This is a, a really interesting game. Wait, are there spins about the presents? It's another present that fits the mixtober season. Okay. Sure. What? Is this your only clue? Come on. Here it comes. 
This, I don't know where the, there should be another one. I don't know what happened to it. This hint will help illuminate your knowledge of the present. Is it like a light, a lamp of some sort? This prototype item doesn't function as intended, but you don't know how it works anyways. So, you know, it's okay. Is it a broken lamp? <laughs> this present will get you uh -oh. paid by the, oh, that's not supposed to be there. I added this slide last minute. I didn't get this one proof. It's the squirrel costume. <laughs> Ask me about my present era. Is this a moon era? thing this is a moon era there it is this is the first official 3d printed spin it item i had them out of order and the i this was the last slide i added yesterday so i uh didn't get it proofed seems like somebody copied and pasted yeah. from another present fact slide he kind of did <laughs> whoops so moon era this, this is clearly something moon era and it's supposed to illuminate my knowledge of the present is it supposed to, is it like moon era informative it doesn't work uh, it works in a way just not as intended it doesn't work <laughs> Go ahead and open it up. Okay, let's let's crack this open. The first official 3D printed spin item took a day, and I'm ripping into this paper. Wow. You know, you know what? I stand by all of these. This present could get you paid in a way, so I stand by all of these. <laughs> also, a really interesting clue to say it could get paid. I don't know what that means. Well, that was from leftover from the last one, but uh. Oh, but it's still true. You could sell this and get paid. Now look what you've done. All the bald spots have made this a real pain to unwrap. Because there's tape everywhere on the box. Yeah. Be careful with it. Holding it around by the fingertips. Well, they're the only tips I have. It's made out of 3D printed plastic, not tungsten. There is one non-3D printed item in it. to be, Or two non-3D non printed items in there. Is one the box? No. Okay, let's take this bit by bit. So the first thing I've opened is the moon. It's a moon! It's the moon. Very detailed. It's even got craters on it. Very detailed. Like, it's hard to express. You can see, like, the, the lines and stuff where it looks like styrofoam, but it's solid plastic. I completed what Groot failed. I shrunk the moon. So you did. <laughs> so that's the moon. You even went all out and sent a light bulb. A color-changing light bulb. Oh, really? Yes. That's cool. Oh, that's really cool. Now, go ahead and try to put that light bulb in the moon real fast. Well, I... Hold on. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Does it not fit? Go ahead. Here's the moon. Here's the light bulb. It sure <laughs> doesn't fit. You fool. It fits if you push hard enough. It'll go in eventually. I'm not going to push a light bulb. That's going to shatter. Oh, I did it. Don't worry. I, I got it in and out several times. I loosened it up. That doesn't seem... You'll actually, if you look, you'll see where I took a knife to some of it to make it a little wider so it would eventually fit. Yeah, I do see that. That's why I say it's a prototype. So we've got the moon, but there's more pieces in here too. Oh yeah, there's more pieces. We're not done. Um, Obviously, we've got a nice uh, power cord. Yeah, go ahead and plug the light bulb into the power cord. Does it also not work? <laughs> Did this fail every step of the way? <laughs> it uh no, it, it fits, but you're gonna want it in there for the next bit. So go ahead and put it in. I love this. This is awesome. So that part fits. Yeah, it does. Okay, now go ahead and reveal the last part. So the last part is incredible. My favorite part of the whole piece. It's a it's a lunar lander, like a rover type thing with the spin it logo on it. This is beautiful. It's a spin it lander in the in the spin it colors. Yeah, in gold and, and with red on it. This is remarkable. Yeah. So what's what's the problem with this? Is this Well go ahead, stick the light bulb. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna unscrew the light bulb. Oh, and put it in the other way. Yeah, that makes sense. And put it up through the bottom. Yeah. Let's see so it doesn't quite fit here. Oh yeah, you see you ran into your next problem. That's why you 
you need the light bulb and you gotta go the other way. <laughs> Will that work? Put the light bulb down in and then and then, and then it won't stand up. You found the next problem. I got you a socket that doesn't really work with the lunar. Uh... <laughs> well, uh, here, let me put the light bulb. Yeah, back in the socket. You're giving me a squirrel mask, a plastic moon full of broken glass. <laughs> Don't break the light bulb, but you should be able to get it in. No, no, uh-uh. I'm not going to do it. No. You can't get in it. Come on, don't be a baby. I got it in and out like four times. That's not enough success for me. Get it in there. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to show off. What's the moon supposed to notch into? Well, uh, there were supposed to be notches on the on the lander, and I forgot them. So the whole <laughs> it's a prototype. It's a prototype. It's an impressive. I'm at least happy to have the moon and the lander together like that's super cool but it looks even cooler when you can like cycle between the different types of moon blue moon red moon purple moon pink moon all the moons how many moons you look on that i'm absolutely gonna fix this up so that it like works and will be a piece yeah incredible incredible i'm so so impressed with your 3d printing craftsmanship thank you thank you and i can't believe how many hours did you say this took uh a day and 14 for the moon 32 hours to print the moon yeah wow very detailed and so broken so so broken i love it heck yeah back to the countdown back to the countdown i gotta refocus up now this is incredible glad you like it i love it at least it makes a fun little table piece even if you struggle to get it to light up yes we're on the six we've crossed the halfway point yeah we're in the final six Let's see how you do with number six. 60 seconds on the clock. Mm -hmm. Good luck. Thank you. This next pick is a movie soundtrack song. Eh, again, technically so is the last one. I'm thinking Ghostbusters. Yeah, that's true. Scooby-Doo is close. This song was on the first soundtrack ever released to use the original 35mm stem of the movie to get its sound, meaning listeners were hearing the exact same music originally heard in the theaters. That's amazing and really cool. The soundtrack would go on to play a major role in influencing the synthwave music genre. Yeah, lock it in, Ghostbusters. William Shatner's face is pretty spooky, isn't it? Hmm, I wonder why I was thinking about that. Is he in, is he in Ghostbusters? I don't know. <laughs> I have seen Ghostbusters once. The song was composed by legendary filmmaker, actor, and composer John Carpenter, known for other cult classics such as The Fog and The Thing. I'm the mixtaper. Think he'd make a movie about me? The mixtaper. Could be. Ghostbusters for me. Chat says Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters for you and the audience. Well, let's see. It is the Halloween movie theme. Wow. From the Halloween movies. So I haven't seen Halloween. So John Carpenter's the guy that does the Halloween movies. Yeah, I know he didn't do Ghostbusters, and I started doubting when I saw yeah. that. But is Halloween, the movie, really synthwave? Yeah. Okay. A lot of the music is very synthwave. I, I mean, I'm obviously not overly familiar with it. Yep. The absolute coolest thing that you just said was about how they took the stems from the, the movie. Yeah. And had it the same as theaters that's incredible yep because this was, was like after the movie came out or whatever right so they like got it from the original theater recordings and like released it pretty cool that's really cool but does it like make a difference i don't know if i hear the one that was in the movie or if i hear the one that they made separate probably i don't know it, it's cooler that way for sure especially in like today's day age of digital music yeah but this wasn't from today's age <laughs> Well, I mean, like listening to that today on a di in a digital form, being like, oh. That's true. I need to hurry up and finish this pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, is it getting cold? Or I'm going to be awake all night. Or. No, I'm just, it's getting late. The William Shatner thing. I don't know. Again, I don't know how much you know about the movie, but in the original Halloween, the mask that Michael Myers wears is just a William Shatner mask from Star Trek. 
that they painted white. No way. So it's literally William Shatner is Michael Myers' killer face. That's <laughs> I've never thought about that, but now that you say it, I don't see it, see it, but I get it. I can see it a little bit. It's not like evident, but I get it. I believe it. Yep. This one's number six, huh? Number six. It's Halloween is the title of it. It's the theme of Halloween, literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always, um, and I think I talked about this on the Einstein Kills episode too, I always think of Mike Myers when I think of Michael Myers. Like Shrek and like Wayne and Garth, like very not the same. That's funny. Yeah. So that's another two points for me. I think putting me in quite a lead. It is. Seven to four to two. I think the game's a little bit rigged in your favor. Uh, <laughs> well, that's what happens when I make it. All right, number five. We're into our top five of the countdown. Top five. Wow. Let's just take them all. Any picks from the audience for what they're expecting to see in this top five? I'm still expecting to see Ghostbusters. Okay. It deserves to be a top five. I'm also expecting to see, I said it earlier, the Monster Mash has been a shocking omission. Mm, mm. Other creepy Halloween-y songs. Pumpkin Hill Sonic Adventure. The Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> comes to mind because i know i i know connor has joked about the nightmare before christmas in the past and like this is halloween and well this isn't connor's top 13 this is the mixtapers top 13 it's not and those are very different top 13s probably very different you're very different people well let's get into this one number five yeah let's i'm in a real movie mood i guess because here we have another movie soundtrack song Uh oh who are you gonna call Several Beetlejuice actors provided vocals for this song. Okay, I don't know much about Beetlejuice. Just the actors were in the song, not necessarily from Beetlejuice. Yeah. This song was deemed by many critics too scary for kids. That's intense. Panic at the Disco covered this song on the 2006 soundtrack reissue. That's old Panic. I don't know. This song is used as background music in a popular video game franchise and in Just Dance 3. Movie, soundtrack. If the last song warned you it's Halloween, this song asserts it. This is Halloween. (laughs) That's the one. At least I hope so. That seems like a thing Panic at the Disco would cover. And it's from the movie. This is Halloween locked in from the audience as well. Let's see how you guys did. It's not too scary for kids, though, is it? Apparently. Yes. (laughs) This is Halloween. This is Halloween. Uh, One of my favorite artworks uh, done by the art department. Nailed it. Yeah. uh, Mixtaper Skellington. Jack Mixtapington. I don't know. And a little ghost gopher. And zero fur. Zero for I love that. Yeah, I love it. This is Halloween is a great song. I watched The Nightmare Before Christmas. First of all, I feel very vindicated that I said it and then it came up right away. Yeah. Uh, But also, I watched it for the first time probably about three years ago and it blew me away. I loved it so much and I was shocked that I hadn't seen it till then. What I've been missing. In 2021, Danny Elfman, the, the guy who composed the song, said that he was very happy with the song's longevity because back when the movie came out, he did like a two-day press tour thing where pretty much every interview was like, isn't the music a little scary for kids? That's wild. <laughs> no. It doesn't seem like it. And he says, and now you see families out there dressing as the characters and recordings of kids who are like four years old singing, what's this? Or this is Halloween. It just makes him feel happy. It's such a goofy 
movie. Like, if it were just Halloween Town all the time, maybe it'd be a little scary. Yeah. But the premise of him, like, discovering Christmas and, like, that jolly bit, like, that is really fun. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, I'm sure it was also deemed too scary. For it, I think that really kidifies the movie in a, in a way. Not like trivializes, not like makes it unsuitable for adults, but makes it way better for kids. If you get to see Santa and you get to watch it snow in Halloween Town and everyone, you know, starts to give presents, like it definitely softens the vibe a lot. Well, let's turn the page on that pick. Nice. And go to number four. 60 seconds on the clock. 60 seconds on the clock for number four. Let's hit it. What do we have here? This 1958 American novelty song was written by Ross Bagdasarian. Novelty song makes me think Monster Mash. We're down to the wire here. It not only became a number one hit, but it saved Liberty Records from near bankruptcy. That's impressive. Mind your head, apples. This song is a real earworm. Shoot, who's that about? (laughs) Miranda Lambert? Is that who we said has earworms? The technique developed in this song was later used to create an iconic trio of characters. That's Alvin and the Chipmunks. That's speeding up the tape. Does that happen in the Monster Mash? The version of the song we're discussing Witch is Doctor? sang by that trio of characters. It's Witch Doctor. Ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, ting, tang, walla, walla, bing, bang. It's a real earworm. Oh, did I mention Ross Bagdasarian went by the stage name Dave Seville? No? Yeah. Well, get wrecked. You didn't mention it but that makes sense 1958 that's the number of the house in Alvin and the chipmunks because that's the yes 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 i'm sticking by witch doctor unless you did christmas don't be late oh uh oh did i pull a sneaky one <laughs> that, i'd be mad about that i'd be mad about that but surely this is witch doctor i want a hula hoop <laughs> very halloween yeah I can't wait to see the art for this. All right. I think enough time has gone by. I'm not seeing a pick from the chat. So one for me, one for James, because this is indeed. Ah, it's the movie version. <laughs> it's the movie version. version. Sang by the album of the Chipmunks. I love it. Wow. And we have here the art department's best rendition of a witch doctor. Me as a literal witch doctor <laughs> giving witch the gopher doctor. a checkup. <laughs> a little exam, a little checkup. <laughs> this is hard because you and I gain points at about the same rate. Yeah. Witch Doctor is a classic. I'm surprised you're taking the movie version over the more traditional. Uh, I'm just taking the Alvin and the Chipmunks version, and I thought the movie version for the sound for that would play okay. was better. I'm, I'm just taking the Alvin and the Chipmunks version, not the original version of the song just sang by Dave Seville. Right. Now, Witch Doctor, Alvin and the Chipmunks, it's like it's like a core memory for me. Yeah. Like the 50s, 60s, 70s Chipmunk cartoons. Uh-huh. I watched those so much growing up, and I remember like the sing-along tapes with Witch Doctor and the one where they're on a sawhorse singing like classics, like classic kid songs. It's forever ingrained in my memory, and it's a strange song. Very strange. I'm not surprised you put this at number four, because this one should not be at maybe number four. What do you mean? But it's very you. It's a great song. It is a great song. It's the novelty part of it. I don't know. So here's a fun detail about this song. Yeah. So as I kind of mentioned in the in the hints, that this song would go on to cr- help create Alvin and the Chipmunks using the sped-up vocal technique. Mm-hmm. Seville had spent... $200 on a tape recorder. And so I think it's time for a quick little everybody's second favorite spin a game show. Guess that dollar amount. Really? How much of that is, is that in today's 
money. Really? We're 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 doing guess that dollar amount right now on this Halloween Mixtober episode. Oh, of course. $200 in 1958. What is that worth today? I'm going to say that is roughly $1,500 today. $1,500. Closer than you've been in the past on some of these guesses. That's good. This is equivalent to $2,130.03 today. Three cents. Okay. Imagine spending over two grand on a tape recorder. I can actually imagine it. I mean, there's instruments out there that you could pay well over two grand for in the recording equipment. That's still out there, but it just seems silly to us because it's now obsolete. And with this tape recorder, he came up with the idea of recording himself at different speeds to create dialogue between himself and this witch doctor that would eventually go on to help him come up with the idea to create the chipmunk voices. Yeah, I didn't realize this was the first. Who he would then use to re-record the witch doctor and release under their their name as Dave Seville and the Chipmunks. And then re-record it again later under the name Alvin and the Chipmunks. It's very funny to me that that's the story because he did it so that he could have two separate voices. And then he re-recorded it and took it all away so that everyone had the same voice. (laughs) Yeah. They just went high-pitched for everything. Yep. He also used this technique to do a cover of Sheb Woolley's The Purple People Eater. (laughs) Sang by Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, a little throwback to an earlier pick. It makes sense to me. And then, you know, I'm a big... Me and Connor together are both big fans of the Alvin the Chipmunk movies. So that's why I chose to include them in the soundbite for this song. It's true. Classic movies, really. Underrated, some would say. Yeah. And, you know, that brings us to our top three. Oh, my goodness. Final three in the in the countdown. But, you know, I think it's a better time. You know, we, we got three songs left, but we also had three presents. So I say we go ahead and uh, open that third present oh is it time for the last one i need you to grab the one that i didn't wrap (laughs) it's not wrapped it's true i uh forgot i had this one planned until it showed up after i had already ordered the wrapping paper Uh. (laughs) yeah this is a surprise even to you huh indeed it's uh obviously just a plain brown box cubicle roughly the size of my hand Yep. If we're guesstimating, what could this be? What could it be? You ordered it and forgot about it. Yep. It's this size. But so this isn't something you like 3D printed. This was an order. I ordered that before I knew we were going to do this segment. Whoa. <laughs> so it might not be Mixtober specific. This one is not Mixtober specific. I'll give you that now. Interesting. All right. Well, let's get 60 seconds on the clock. 60 seconds on that pumpkin timer. Your first clue. Oh, two clues. This present clues. is so fun. <laughs> You better keep it away from any presidents, though. Is it Barry Manilow sunbathing? (laughs) Surprise! Presidents, yeah. It quacks the songs that give the whole world wings. Is this some kind of Barry Manilow duck? Even now I can picture how much fun you'll have with this smooth-sounding toy. This is certainly a Barry Manilow something. Hope you're ready to get naggy. (laughs) Locking it again. Is it something Barry Manilow? But is it quacking? Is it... Is it a duck? Is, the, is Spinny going to tell me that's a lie? This present is a bit of a bath time menace. Is it a Barry Manilow rubber duck? There's no way that's real. What am I about to find? Ooh, time's up. What is your final guess? This is a Barry Manilow rubber duck. All right. Go ahead and open it up. Oh, my goodness. Is this going to blow my mind? 
it actually is like a lot better than I thought it would be. <laughs> like it looks really good. It is a Barry Manilow rubber duck. Like it looks a lot like Barry Manilow. And guess who has a matching one? We have matching duckalos. I bought us matching Barry Manilow ducks. This is so stupid. It says Copacabana in the back. I was just going to send it to you as like a gift because I found it and thought it was hilarious. And then this segment came it up. It is. Look, it's, they've got signs that say Fanilo forever. Uh-huh. Oh, celebrity ducks. Look at this hoon-quelling menace. He's a, it's a duck in a Halloween costume. It is Mixtober themed. I'll be honest, though, I'm really super unsettled by his face and the eyebrows. Literally everyone I've shown it to has said his face is a bit of a jump scare. Yeah, it is, but it looks an awful lot like Barry Manilow. Yep, that menace. I just don't like that, like, in profile, his face is more man than duck. I know. That's a problem. His bill is really not a big bill. What's it going to take to get a mixtaper duck? That's a good question. We need to look into this. Custom rubber ducks is something I never thought we'd look into. That's a real daggy ducky. So I hope you enjoyed your presence this... I did. I did. You, know, you were a good little dastard this past year, so you got three presents in the Mixtober season. Every one was a, just a total shock. I, I'm, I'm blown away. <laughs> oh, wow. What an episode. What a, what a Mixtober. And we got three tracks to go. What's the score going into the top three? Ah, uh, not good. Five for me, eight for you, two for the audience. Oof. I felt like the audience had three, but maybe not. Sure, I'll give them three. You get the squirrel costume. Get out the abacus. Add it up. 16 points total. Oh, no, there's some points missing there. We should be at 20 points. You're missing four points in there. Okay, well, I'll just give myself the other four points then. No, 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 no. I say we don't know who, where we lost them, so just give them all to the audience. Okay, seven, five for me, eight for you. That's 20. Okay, there you go then. Let's put 60 seconds on the clock for our number three pick. Song number three. This 2003 dance pop song has a longer Wikipedia page than some albums we do. Dance Pop Again, 2003? What's from 2003? The song won a Grammy even though the music video was banished by MTV from daytime programming. So this sounds like it could also be Thriller, but it's not from 2003. The song has been used in tons of movies and TV shows, from Glee to Doctor Who to Pitch Perfect 3 and more. I don't remember Pitch Perfect 3 very well. Rolling Stone ranked this spy thriller-inspired song in the top 500 greatest songs of all time. Spy thriller? Skyfall? I don't know. What's a spy thriller song? The singer is a famous ex of Spinnett's favorite lime, who she met back in her Mickey Mouse clubhouse days. Oh, like a Britney Spears type? What's the song? Toxic? I don't know. I don't know what song. You said toxic, right? As the buzzer went off, I think I'll let you lock that in if that is your guess. It's my guess. Not saying it's right. I'm just saying if you want to lock that in, I will allow it. Well, certainly I can't name that many Britney Spears songs. So you're going toxic? That doesn't seem like a spy thriller inspired. The answer is seeing nothing from the audience. I just don't have any other guesses. Toxic. Toxic. (laughs) Spy thriller inspired. Well, to hear that clip of it, to hear the instrumentals, I do hear spy overtones there. Some some overtones, some undertones. Toxic was close. Another spin cycle reference. 
to our favorite lime. Yeah, to Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Justin Timberlake, the lime. Yeah. yeah. We haven't. And we've talked about Britney Spears straight up uh-huh. on our 90s episode. So I'm with Toxic. It's just a fun song. It's a fun, poppy song. Mm-hmm. I haven't listened to it much, but I obviously know it because it was around so much that they banned it from TV. Yep. Just from daytime. It was allowed to be on nighttime programming. Just uh, not daytime. Well, I was asleep then. And do you know why it was banned? It's actually Justin Timberlake's fault. Oh, no, I don't know that. Why? In 2004, it was banned. This was just after the Super Bowl halftime show controversy with Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake, where he exposed oh. her breast during the performance. Wardrobe malfunction. Yeah, the wardrobe malfunction. Yeah. That she got all the heat for, and he really didn't get any, even though he's the one that exposed it. But whatever. Right. <laughs> and so at, due to that controversy, a bunch of like other channels and stuff... Got got really guarded about that kind of stuff right they really cracked down on it they cracked down on it and so they felt the music video for toxic was too risque i mean she is like naked in part of it covered in jewels or something like that. i forget it's been a while since i've seen the music video but i haven't seen the music video it's from nighttime tv i was asleep she is naked in part of it so i kind of get it <laughs> And they banned it to only nighttime programming. Wild. That didn't stop it from being popular. No, it sure didn't. I was, and so was Connor. We both were. Uh, humming this one and, like, do-doing it uh, the other day while talking to you. We were going, do-do-do-do-do. Uh-huh. <laughs> Every time it happened, I was like, oh, crap. hope you didn't realize what I was doing there. <laughs> I wasn't going to catch that. That takes us into our final two. Top two. I still have not seen Ghostbusters. Still have not seen the Monster Mash. Still haven't. Just still have not seen so much. There were some hard cuts made. Hard cuts. What is the score right now? I believe I'm up by one. Right now the audience has seven. <laughs> I have five. The mixtaper has eight. So I'm beating the audience by one right now and I'm crushing James. Understandable. I gotta get some points here and I can really only get two. I can't come back and win. It's wonderful. Here we go. Actually, I can't win at all because if I get points, I need the audience to get points and that means I can't catch them. (laughs) The game is flawed. My second place pick was released in 1962. Sounds like the Monster Mash. (laughs) You've said that so many times. (laughs) Yeah, but one of time is going to be right. This song was the number one single on the Billboard Hot 100 for two weeks, including Halloween that same year. So how could I not put it on this list? In 2021, 60 years later, it re-entered the charts at number 37. Oh, Shoot, what came back on the charts? The Wiggles did a version of this song on their album, The Sound of Halloween. The Wiggles? Another reference to this Wiggles for the podcast. Oh, no. The writers of Toy Story made a movie out of this song that the singer got the star in. Which is why it would come back on the charts 60 years later. It spoofed popular dances such as the twist and the mashed potato. Three seconds to lock in. Well, the mashed potatoes it still sounds like the Monster Mash. Got the Monster Mash. That's all I got. It's got to be here somewhere. And I see the Monster Mash and Thriller guest. So... I, uh, thriller... I don't think it was Thriller. Thriller was on we got for- Monster Mash from the audience and Monster Mash from James. Let's see if they're right. He did the Monster Mash. The Monster Mash. Yeah, I knew it. I was right. It's the monster Sometime. Mash. Eventually, I was right. <laughs> it was a graveyard smash. The monster mash. Yeah, monster mash. So it was great. Great number two pick. I mean, great Halloween-y song just in general. Yep. It's another novelty song sung by Bobby Boris Pickett. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the Wiggles did this, which I thought was awesome. The Wiggles did the monster mash. I really didn't know that. Yep. It was a fun one to find. 
<laughs> Here's the thing. I think the Monster Mash is a little overrated. Whoa. I know, Dang. I know, I know. It's a hot take. That's crazy. Well, maybe some of these facts about it will maybe change your mind. Maybe they'll rate it differently. Yeah. yeah. So Bobby Pickett got the nickname Boris because of this song, because he's imitating iconic horror movie actor boris karloff yes you knew that he plays you know frankenstein's monster in the frankenstein movie yeah boris karloff is big the sound of a cauldron bubbling was simulated by water being bubbled through a straw which the beatles used as their method on the hit song yellow submarine Mm -hmm. they got that from the monster mash from like three years earlier Awesome. That's pretty cool. And of course, you know, they they uh, bring in characters from the Wolfman, Igor, Count Dracula, and his son. They do the Transylvania twist. They do the monster mash. Yeah. You know, so it's another dance parody song, right? They're telling you how to do the monster mash. Yeah. This is why I thought it was the other dance parody song that you mentioned. God, it was a little early, which makes sense because why would you put it that low? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It just it re-entered the charts here recently. I don't really know why. Just it, people were listening to it. That's why not. And so that brings us to our number one pick. Number one pick. The quintessential halloween song for this top 13 playlist (laughs) if it's not ghostbusters i'm gonna be bummed wow you think ghostbusters number one how could it not be they bust ghosts well we'll find out ryan's a ghost i need to bust ryan the ghost 60 seconds on the clock also i believe with that the audience has tied me so if the audience gets this one and i don't get a point at all the audience wins it's true. I, I, I regret giving them all those points now. Here we go. 60 seconds on the clock. This 2008 songs writer was the third choice and had only a few days to write the song once he was chosen. 2008 song? Uh-oh. <laughs> what? Surely that's going to be a spinny taper. That's a lie. The music video features a ton of celebrities such as Melissa Gilbert, Chevy Chase, Danny DeVito, Jeffrey Tambor, and more. And they did it all free of charge. Wow. This song is estimated to have added $20 million to the film's box office revenue. But it's a film. <laughs> There's no way that 2008's right. It's a film. Oh, spinny taper. Come on. Did I get come wrong on, this time? Taper. Oh, this didn't come out in 2008. When did this come out? <laughs> This was in 1984. That's Ghostbusters. That's Ghostbusters. The writer, Ray Parker Jr., struggled to find a way to add the movie's name to the theme song, but figured it out after seeing a cheap commercial that inspired him to write this pseudo-advertising jingle. What a jingle. Hallelujah. And I didn't hear anybody say Ghostbusters, so I guess that's two points for me. No! (laughs) This is indeed the number one pick for this Mixtober season. The Ghostbusters theme song. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Ghosts. That's awesome. Yeah, the spinny taper lies are hard to deal with because they sent me on the wrong track every time. Uh huh. Aren't they fun wow. though? Aren't they just a fun little twist to the game? The art is so good. The spinny taper is courtesy of Alaska Bell. And the mixtape art is courtesy of Felix, Mad Phoenix 97. Yes, thank you. Excellent. Thank you so much, art department. This is incredible. Really is. This is so good. <laughs> I watched Ghostbusters one time on a, on a plane. Yeah. It's the only time I've seen Ghostbusters. So the screen was about like six inches large. Really? Yeah. And it was really good. <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot. It's a great movie. It's a great... Both the movies are good. And honestly, I really enjoyed not the like 2015 one or whatever, but the 
The one they just did here back in like 2019, 2020. I don't know when that was. Didn't they make a sequel too? Like a spinoff? Yeah, with the, um, the one with like the kids. Yeah, with the kids is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, that one I actually quite enjoyed. I should rewatch it on a proper TV. But yeah, I thought it was wild that this theme alone added $20 million to the film's box office gross. People were going to this movie because of the song. Yeah, because it's a <laughs> great song. And he only had three, he had like three days to write it. Yeah, they did it great. It was great. He wasn't even the first choice. They originally went to Lindsay Buckingham to write it. More Fleetwood Mac. Why do they want Fleetwood Mac for everything? Yeah. Well, Lindsay Buckingham um, did work on National Lampoon's Vacation. Oh. And so they went to him for that. But he declined because he didn't want to be known as a soundtrack artist. And so they, then they went to Glenn Hughes and Pat Thrall, who were also known for popular songs and they submitted a demo but it got rejected that rejected theme actually went on to be the track dance or die in the 1987 film dragonet which i thought was wild whoa and so then they went to ray parker jr and he's like oh crap i don't have much time to write this i gotta i only have a few days i only know these two notes and he couldn't figure out how to fit the title he's like this is the theme he's like this is the theme it's got to include the name of the movie how do i fit ghostbusters into this song and then he was just working late at night and the television was on he saw a cheap car commercial he said who am i gonna call he's like oh yeah this movie has a fictional business it could be like a advertisement for the business and that's how he wrote this song incredible and how can it not be the number one pick i mean it's about busting ghosts it has to be and we're known for a famous ghost on this podcast ryan i'm still trying to bust ryan the ghost I don't know who Ryan belongs to, but every time he makes me so mad. One day I'll get him. One day. Wow. So let's do a little final spin. We got, yeah, we got a little final spin. A little. I got a little recap slide here for you. Of all 13 tracks. Great. That's perfect. There they are. There they are. <laughs> you know, we had 13 Scooby-Doo theme song, 12 Werewolves of London, 11 Flying Purple People Eater, 10 Nightmare on My Street, number 9 Love Potion, number 9, number 8 mm-hmm. I Want Candy, number 7 Time Warp, number 6 The Halloween theme from the movie Halloween, number 5 This Is Halloween from Nightmare Before Christmas. Number four, The Witch Doctor, specifically sung by Alvin and the Chipmunks. Number three, Toxic by Britney Spears. Number two, The Monster Mash. And number one, Ghostbusters. Beautiful. I have a top three here. Yeah? I think. Hit me with it. Yeah, I did. I was looking through your list, and it is very different than yours, but that's because... I don't know some of yours. Some of it is that my picks would be in a different order than yours, but I do like your list of 13 picks. Thank you. I would say my first top three, I'm going in countdown order. Oh, okay. I would take Scooby-Doo. Nice, nice, nice. Your 13 pick would squeak into my top four. I'll be honest. I just really wanted to start with that album art. I might have moved it up the list, but I really wanted to start with that with that art. It did set the tone very <laughs> nicely for what was to come. I also would take This Is Halloween, probably as my Jamesable mention. Okay. I think. So that means your other two are coming from the top four, which is good. They are. I'd take Witch Doctor. Okay. I think that's a fun song. The nostalgia's there. And I always have to throw you a bone on the novelty songs. (laughs) And 
I'd also take Ghostbusters. Of course, of course. That's my top three. I like it. I like it. Mm-hmm. And we'll have, like we said, the whole mixtaper playlist will be available. On Spotify, on our website, on everything. Yeah, spinitpod.com. It might not show up on Spotify unless enough people follow it. I've learned that that's how the playlist oh. algorithm kind of works. Even if you search for it by the exact title, sometimes on Spotify, a playlist needs enough followers to get traction. So so you can go find it on the website and follow it. The website. It'll be there. Episode 120 on the episodes page. And it'll be on YouTube on our singles playlist section. Heck yeah. So it'll be around. So will the VOD that you can go back and watch and see all the antics, the presents, the artwork. It's true. The costumes. Yeah. Yeah, you can check out our socials at SpinItPod on Twitter, at SpinItPod Official on Instagram, SpinItPod on Twitch, and we're almost to affiliate status, really. We just need a few more follows, and then we will be affiliated. Heck yeah. Which is super exciting. But check out the VOD, check out the stream. Stay tuned next week for another great episode. <laughs> it's a fun one. It's a, it's an episode that Connor has a lot of interesting thoughts about. Indeed. But yeah, that does it for me. Mixtaper, do you have anything else to say? As we wrap up the Mixtober season this year. Merry Mixmas. No, that's not <laughs> it. That's not a thing. Oh, well, then why'd I give you presents? That was your <laughs> choice. I didn't say anything about those. No, you didn't give me anything for the for the Mixtober season. That's how it is. I gave you the episode. What? <laughs> the episode was my present. What do present. you mean? <laughs> yeah. Only because you needed another host while Connor's at ConCon. He is at Connor Convention. I don't know if we said what ConCon actually was at the beginning of the episode, but... Ah, well, that's deep lore. It's a convention for people named Connor. That's where he is. Yep. Well, make sure to like, star, rate, five. That sentence was a mess. All the things. But, you know, all the things, do all the things, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs all over the place. Tell a friend who sometimes dresses like a giant squirrel about the podcast. Connor says he's on the plane to ConCon. He must have paid for Wi-Fi to be in chat from the airplane. Also, he had a super quick time at the airport. He did not give himself a long time. We'll see you next week and, of course, next Mixtober. Until then, Mixtaper, do you want to say it since it's your takeover? Until then. Yeah. I mean, keep spinning. Keep spinning. Sorry, I'm not not used to saying that part. You're not used to that. That's okay. (laughs) So what are you going to do now that Mixtober's over? It's kind of like... Start preparing for next... Mixtober. Uh oh. I've got a whole year of 3D printer access for next Mixtober. Yeah, that scares me. We have to bring back the present game for Spin Miss. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It's very fun. It was overwhelming to open that first package. <laughs> Terrifying. I'm still afraid of that squirrel. Which yeah? Which present was your favorite? Oh, it's hard to say. I honestly, I really like the squirrel, but I actually really, really like the moon. If I can set it up right, I think that's it'll be very cool if I can get it to work. Let's do some math.